You're listening to the CSIS Strategic Technologies Podcast. I'm Dan Paul Thiel, here with Will Carter, and today we're speaking with Admiral Paul Zakunft, Commandant of the U.S. Coast Guard, after the release of the Coast Guard's new cyber strategy just a few minutes ago here at CSIS. The new strategy outlines a plan to work with the private sector to manage cyber risk to critical infrastructure and boost the Coast Guard's own capabilities to defend networks and enable the Coast Guard's operations in cyberspace. Admiral, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Dan. We just had a great event where uh, the Admiral introduced the new U.S. Coast Guard cyber strategy, uh, and we've got a few follow-up questions for you. Um, one of the key pieces of the strategy is uh, that you've talked about viewing cyberspace as an operational domain, and you identify three key components within this domain. You talk about defending cyberspace, um, enabling operations, and protecting infrastructure. Um, I'm trying to understand whether this is a new approach um, to the way that you operate, or you know, have, have you identified new capabilities or vulnerabilities that sort of led you to change the way that you operate in cyberspace? Or is it sort of a new uh, articulation of what you've already been doing in this space? So is there sort of a demarcation of a shift in your policy, or is this just you know, a formalization uh, of what you've already done? Uh, Dan, it's a little bit of both. Uh, a lot of the thoughtware uh, that goes into this uh, was really just passed by word of mouth. And one of those aspects, by word of mouth, we created a Coast Guard Cyber Command. Uh, so you have this, this element within the Coast Guard uh, that they, they can't find themselves anywhere in, in our strategic documents. Uh, they don't exist. And so the first piece of it is, you know, this is a critical capability that we need within our service in a domain that is ever-evolving and that we become even more dependent upon for us to be able to be relevant, uh, efficient, and effective in our ability to carry out operations. So it took much of that thoughtware, and now it is now, you know, will stand the test of time. And I expect this will evolve over time as we look at then how do we implement this strategy. But it really took some of those best practices and put it into one document uh, to make this a program of record for the Coast Guard. Admiral, this is uh, Will Carter with the CSIS team. Um, following up on that a little bit, a lot of the key threats and vulnerabilities that you talked about at today's event uh, were actually vulnerabilities in commercial systems or um, vulnerabilities in the global maritime trade chain. And when you think about the Coast Guard's role in defending those networks and in protecting um, global maritime trade, is it more of an active defense, um, you know, cyber counteroffense role? Is it about setting standards and um, teaching best practices to industry? How do you think about, you know, your approach to defending commercial networks? First, it's defending the cyberspace. So there, there's an active defense element to that as well. Uh, the standards piece, uh, those, are, those are being refined as I speak. And so there's a standards element that, that is absolutely critical in terms of our ability to doing counter-offensive operations. I don't envision that for our, for our Coast Guard Cyber Command, but really look at that as being a U.S. Cyber Command capability. Um, and, and quite honestly, it, it, it's absolutely critical when we look at cyber and where that affects every aspect of our sectors in, in the United States, um, where those decisions really need to be made at, at a very high level if, if we're looking at taking offensive cyber capabilities. It cannot be done unilaterally within a given component because uh, the repercussions you know, could be much more far-reaching, you know, in my case, well beyond the maritime domain. So 
active defense, setting standards, and then doing the outreach piece to protect our critical maritime infrastructure. You also mentioned uh, internal threats as one of your biggest vulnerabilities. Um, and you know, you talked about cyber hygiene as something that is presenting a huge challenge to you guys right now uh, in terms of hardening your own networks. Um, are there other vulnerabilities that you're able to talk about that are not human error related that you, you might think of um, as your crown jewels or, or something that, you know, if, if, uh, if it were vulnerable to a, a foreign or domestic adversary would be incredibly valuable to them and, and particularly harmful to you? What you see in the cyber domain, you know, when, when it comes to uh, attempted intrusions, spear phishing. Uh, and, and spear phishing is, is becoming much more sophisticated. You know, and it may be, you know, what appears to be an innocuous email addressed to me. Uh, maybe it's from my, my bank, and, you know, my bank statement. Uh, someone has gained access to some of my PII information. So we talk about what's happened with OPM right now. Some of that information is out there uh, that may, may arm somebody to do a very sophisticated spear phishing attack where then someone unknowingly uh, has been compromised by clicking on what appears to be an innocuous email. So you've got that aspect. Uh, and the other is malware. You know, is, is malware laying dormant? Uh, and do we know that it exists? Uh, and do we have a proactive means to detect malware that may be embedded across multiple systems uh, that can be activated simultaneously to not just bring down, say, a node in the electrical grid, but perhaps the entire grid itself. So, so I think, you, one, you look at more sophisticated human attacks, and then you've got the whole hardware software with malware aspect component uh, that may be embedded, may not be readily detected, um, but could be remotely activated. And um, when you're thinking about some of these external threats, uh, when you think about kind of where the most determined threats, the folks that most want to affect Coast Guard systems or systems that relate to maritime trade and areas that the Coast Guard is responsible for, and then the most sophisticated threats. Um, you know, who would you say are the most determined to attack you and who are the most capable? So I'll just speak for the Coast Guard, mm -hmm. and, and I'll have to speak in a very unclassified domain. And so, so when I look at uh, what could affect some of our mission areas? Clearly, if one of our adversaries uh, is organized crime, drug trafficking organizations, it's a $750 billion enterprise. So, so they don't suffer from sequestration, Budget Control Act. So they have the means to access technology um, to defend themselves, but perhaps also become even more sophisticated uh, to infiltrate our systems as well. So I look at, from a Coast Guard standpoint, non-state actors. Uh, and then when you've seen cyber events that have played out, sometimes it's just someone that wants to draw attention to themselves, um, you know, to gain notoriety because they've been able to access somebody's system and then manipulate that information just for notoriety. You know, the, the, the kid that lives in mom's basement, I guess, if you will. I mean, not, not to categorize, but, you know, what I would call the, the lone malicious hacker, if you will. You know, not state-sponsored, not organized crime, but just that, that lone malicious actor, if you will. But I look at those as some of the more likely threats in the Coast Guard. Uh, we get call-ins for, for bomb threats very frequently. We get hoax search and rescue cases that cause us to launch. 
Uh, I just think this is the next domain where, where somebody, for whatever reason, uh, wants to really see the Coast Guard get, get spooled up, knowing that we will react um, to a threat. And just following up on that quickly, um, you talked about you know organized crime and the idea that, say, for example, a uh, drug dealing organization might use cyber means to try to get past the Coast Guard. Um, is this like it, network penetration? Is this manipulating your systems? Or is this more, you know, you mentioned jammers um, for GPS tracking systems. Is it more electronic warfare or cyber warfare that they're using? Against I would say this more is electronic warfare. Um, you know, can you spoof your GPS signal so, so you don't ag actually exist uh, where we may think you are? Um, so I think some of these are, are trying to mask identity uh, more than trying to uh, do something more offensively minded. But, but how do you remain uh, either transparent or completely opaque uh, in, in the maritime environment where it becomes very difficult for me to find you. One of the motivations um, that you talked about for the U.S. Coast Guard uh, spearheading with the cyber strategy um, is that, you know, potentially others could use this as a template for their own strategies. Um, when you say that, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, who, who are you thinking of um, might want to, might want to use the, the cyber strategy? out in industry or, you know, other agencies? Yeah, I'll use an industry application sure. because we, we did spend a fair amount of time about protecting infrastructure, but for industry, this is a business plan, not a strategy. Uh, you know, what is it that we are going to invest in? Um, what is it that would compromise, you know, our ability to hold a competitive edge in the financial market? Uh, and so I would look at that from a business plan approach of we need to defend our our cyber domain, our financial systems. Um, we need to be able to do real-time interaction in the cyber domain. And then we need to be able to make sure we protect or at least have resiliency um, when it comes to this critical infrastructure of their, theirs. And you need to make sure that you've got a workforce that, that is competent in operating in this domain as well, uh, either as an end user or as those who defend uh, and enable systems in cyber. So I know we've uh, taken up some of your time here, so we'll wrap up. But maybe as a kind of a closing thought tying on to what Dan asked, the commercial sector that you talked about adopting some of these strategies, um, you talked about the importance of incentivizing them through economic or financial means to adopt their own defensive measures. Um, to, how effective has that strategy been in terms of has the competition and the loose structure facilitated innovation? Has it led them to go above and beyond in defending their networks? Or have they taken the opportunity to maybe uh, be a little bit fast and loose in some areas where you'd like to see them be a little bit more buckled down? I actually get, a, you know, I, I get out of Washington, D.C. quite a bit um, to look at field operations, to look at the expansion of the Panama Canal, the lock and dam systems on the Ohio River, uh, LNG facilities that, that are being built. Uh, and, and every time I visit these facilities, and, and I mention cyber, uh, upsteps their, their cyber expert. Um, so industry has taken upon themselves. And when you have widely publicized events such as Sony, such as uh, now OPM, um, targets financial systems uh, several years ago, um, you know, that industry is paying really close attention. Um, what that also does to their, their branding, if you will, um, and then what that does to public confidence from an investor standpoint. So, 
uh, again, in a financially competitive environment, industries incentivized because of the poten great potential for financial loss. Admiral Zakunf, you're a busy man, so we won't take up any of, more of your time, but thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Okay, Dan, Will, thank you very much. Thank you. Okay. Thanks.